0: Hey, afternoon delight. With Todd and Rob. Oh yeah.
1: After night. Afternoon delight indeed. Yes. Welcome to the oh, new media yeah. show. Oh yeah. <laughs> How are you?
2: I'm doing fine,
1: Todd. We we got started at one minute after three o'clock. People Holy are gonna be smokes. Yeah, people are gonna show up at like five after and like, what did I miss? That's
2: right. <laughs> the early bird catches the worm.
1: Yeah. Did you have say. a good, uh, for those of you in the United States, of course, and you too, Rob, did you have a good 4th of July?
2: Yeah, it was good. Yeah.
1: I have no complaints. It's quiet as normal
2: because I don't believe in lighting off fireworks. Really? <laughs> yeah. I stopped doing that many years ago. Oh,
1: okay. You party, Cooper. I know it. There was... I was
2: a fiend at it for, for, for many years. But yeah. No, I've, I kind of outgrew it.
1: Well, well, I didn't have up things. My neighbors bought fireworks. I didn't really have to do any. Now, the only thing <laughs> that I'm <laughs> half, half tempted to buy, and really it's because of a holdover from being in Hawaii, and actually they do it on New Year's, not on 4th of July, because there's so much Chinese culture there. They buy these big rolls of like 50,000 firecrackers in a combined roll, and they they hang them from like a, you know, 20 foot palm tree or something. They roll them out and then every family member brings a roll and they, you blow like 300,000 firecrackers in 30 minutes. It's, it's fun, but it takes two hours to clean them up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, Chinese new year, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's what they do. They, yeah. they let off thousands of firecrackers. I don't know. It so, it does does make a mess. No it, crush. It, <laughs> it
1: does, and it's uh, in, 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 even in Honolulu on New Year's. It's just there's no fog. They just sea right. of smoke, you know. Not yep. to mention all the kids that have gotten hurt or whatever. But uh, anyway, uh, who cares, right? If you did fireworks, good. If you had a few adult beverages, great. If you cooked out in the barbecue, went camping or whatever, I hope you got out and enjoyed a post-COVID. 4th of July.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Still, some of the uh, big, big 4th uh, of July festivals were still canceled because. Really? Yeah. Well, I think the reason they were canceled is because they were canceled a long time ago because people didn't know when we were coming back. So, you know, sponsorships weren't, you know, obtained and all that kind of stuff. And there just weren't, you know, so some of them happened and some of them didn't. But I thought I did to kind of jump into podcasting. I thought it was entertaining today, the the headline in uh, pop <laughs> news. So it was like, wow. Okay. That's a rebel. C- CEO says that RSS is the cor- cornerstone of open podcasting. And that's God. news. Wow. That and that's is, news. Wow. Can I say that that, that really opened my mind to um, to podcasting today? I have to say.
1: So, you know, I have to kind of admit here that. Don't eat me, James Cridland. Had to be digging a little bit because, come on, we. I, I guess that has to be reiterated by. Don't eat me, James Cridland. So, you know, I, we know pod RSS is, uh, do we want to call it the cornerstone?
2: Right. I think it's the everything, actually.
1: It, it's a little more than a cornerstone. It, it, it's what allows it allows podcasting to be what podcasting is. Yeah. So we I do mean, know it, that.
2: It's, it's not like we're disagreeing with anything. No, there. it's no, it's more to do with the, 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 fact that this is, this is, this is a headline revelation um, uh, I, is what's a little surprising. I,
1: I guess I'm going to have to start writing those types of headlines. It's like <laughs> the pod, a, a podcast. Being able to follow or subscribe a podcast is the cornerstone of podcasting.
2: Well, Todd, so you know the reason this is coming up right now. I do, I do. Right, is is because of Anchor, right? Deciding to make RSS feeds an option. (laughs) Let's be clear, an option that you have to
1: ask for. (laughs) It's a great idea. <laughs> that's a best that's the best marketing idea i've ever heard It's fantastic right. it's great right. Right. good job <laughs> oh good job boy i tell you hey, it's
2: it's all marketing spend time, that's that's, right? that's
1: that's that's a a uh, p- company policy statement that would literally get me fired <laughs>
2: No that's saying something to get fired from your own company.
1: That's right, well, I do have right. to answer to a board of directors. there is you know right. I, I do have a board, so right. you know, and i i it's not like i you know i'm i'm I am still fireable <laughs>
2: <laughs> though I'd say that the chances of that happening are pretty low Todd. well, you
1: know, and stranger things have happened, not saying that that's the case, but it's it is a interesting you know. Well, anyway, like I said, it was a great great marketing strategy for the the team over there at at, uh, at Anchor. Great great marketing.
2: <laughs> you're <laughs> you're praising them on their ingenuity and their right. organization. Yeah, right. Making speed
1: yeah, making RSS feed optional, that's that's ingenuity at its best. Because I'm absolutely not going to be telling anyone how come I can't be on Apple podcasts and Google podcasts that reaches out to our support. Cause I'm going to say, well, if you come over to our podcast hosting platform, you graduate and get into those platforms. Right. I'm not going to tell them you have to ask. Yeah. But I do have to
2: say it does feel like a natural evolution for, um, for Spotify to move this direction, if you think about what they're doing around
1: exclusive original
2: content, this is this is a institutional wide effort to get exclusive content.
1: So someone is out there that loves the show. You ought to make us a logo that we can put up some sort of flashing it's something. I can't it do exclusive. It says that flashes gatekeeper, gatekeeper, <laughs> gatekeeper, gatekeeper. And every time we talk about a gatekeeper, we can we can flash it here. Uh, on the, uh, or have a audio gatekeeper, some sort of flashing right. thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's part of a strategy to lock podcasters in. Right. Without what you want, without, uh, with without
2: podcasters to get locked into one platform.
1: Well, again, you can ask for an RSS feed, but it's optional. We're not, we're not locking you in, but you have to ask. Well, the,
2: this is a little bit of an interesting direction that the medium is going towards. You look at what, um, Apple is doing around paid subscription.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you can see a little bit of that going on there too. Well, you know, here's something interesting. We really, man, we, we had, we, we went into a topic that was, how should we say it? Will it prove worthy here, you know, recently.
0: <laughs> oh, right.
1: And, we nary got a cricket of commentary out of that
0: and so i are you guys listening i mean it does kind of go against the
2: grain of this this topic but to but, degree, but i right? know but i would open, have thought nature of I,
1: I would have thought our commentary on that show would have then when bing, bing 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 our inbox should have filled up but I guess people are just used to us being Todd and Rob.
2: <laughs> well, I certainly think that's the case. Um, yeah, but, you know, it does conflict with this yeah agenda that we have around wanting an open medium, mm-hmm. right? Because w- what it is is it creates a kind of a pullback on the open side of podcasting. Sure. So, I can see some contradiction there in people's perception of the topic. Maybe they don't want to go there because they don't want to rock the boat on being able to build audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is one of the two tent poles that podcasters really focus on is is growing audience, right? Um, marketing their show, building audience, and growing their audience. I mean, just to give an example. We just announced the the ad addition of GeoSoven to to the the Lipson platform oh, today. Um, so, you know, so you look at adding more distribution platforms, right? Um, not pulling back from distributing to distribution platforms is kind of where the industry is heading. So maybe there's a perception, Todd, that we were running in the opposite direction in that commentary, as opposed to what most people want.
1: Yeah, maybe. By the way, tell your dev team to keep an eye on their API. (laughs) Okay. It it can be overwhelmed (laughs) Ah, with not a lot of traffic.
2: (laughs) Got it. Yeah. Do you guys have a deal with them as well? Yeah,
1: we've had, I think they've been on for a couple of months. Yeah. So getting ready to add an action easy one we only have to link to their site there's a there's a website in uh um uae i think is where it's out of that wants oh, podcast yeah. too so
2: yeah i was just on that that uh that Podlines uh PodCon here oh here how was here that this morning i did a two-hour session for that uh early this morning so, so how was yeah, the
1: attendance yeah. to that was it good
2: um yeah it was okay i mean there were there were multiple tracks going on at the same time. So there was a splintering of the audience based on their, a person's interests. So, so it was just a one day kind of mm, three quarters day, day event. So yeah, it's, it's early days, I think in the middle East for podcasting, but there seems to be, you know, a lot of momentum in that part of the, the the world right now, a a lot of interest, same
1: thing um, in Asia right now too. Mm -hmm. So it's a the world the rest of the world and the things that we are not normally exposed to by living here in the united states different apps have different popularity um there's region specific apps that aren't even available here in the united states matter of fact we had to go and dumb down our i wouldn't call it dumb down yeah we had to in order to have our app in our, our private podcasting app to be in other countries outside of the united states because of crypto because of not cryptocurrency but because of encryption we had right. to remove one level of encryption it's not available in other countries because we had to uh, you know export issues with the us government because the encryption was so high that you had to apply for a license, and you know, so that was, you know, so you know, we were we're lucky enough. Now we've got that solved, and our app is everywhere. But it's it it just shows you that there's different requirements for different countries, and what you can and have in the app, or what you can, or country specific information, or region specific information, or re- region specific that we're not even aware of. And um, so that being said, it's it is what it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Todd, did you see this
2: uh this new site called Xpromo uh dot com site that's uh that's basically calling itself um what is it the the Tinder of podcast cross promotions?
1: Uh okay. <laughs> the Tinder of okay, so what is the website again? <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's x promo dot
1: podling L I N G?
2: Yeah. Pod, no, no, podding lab, labs. Podding labs dot So x Oh
1: my God. Ings labs. Hey, don't right. have to worry about that one being found. X. X
2: pottings, pottings with two D's fine. Yeah.
0: So search for title. Let's see if we're on there.
2: I don't think so. Cause we haven't been submitted. I don't think.
0: Unless, but,
1: uh, no. but
2: if you want to get a cross promotion partner with another podcast, this is, this is what this platform is doing.
1: Hmm. I thought it
2: was, I thought it was interesting that they were, calling themselves the Tinder for podcasting partnerships.
1: Well, it's at a weird website, number one. So yeah. I, maybe they couldn't get potting.com. Is that the problem?
0: Mm, I don't know. Probably.
1: Let me look. Where does that go right now? Oh, perfect domain. It's available for $19,999. What a deal. So here's the thing: when you're getting ready to start a new business or service, <laughs> right? Find the domain name first,
0: right? So the um, I was gonna
1: look at something else. the The situation you run into is cross promotion is fantastic. You know, I think podcasters doing cross promotion between shows is something that's very, very underutilized. And it's actually something that if you were smart, you would really, really, really look at trying to do as much cross promotion as, as possible. Mm -hmm. And.
2: And that can take many forms. Actually, it, it doesn't have to take the more traditional form as we both know, can be a challenging thing to implement uh, Mm -hmm. as you've tried to do it in the past as well. Um, Podcasters typically have, have over time over the years become rather competitive. What do you think Todd?
1: Yeah, Uh, I think so. And they don't realize less
2: less likely to cross promote.
1: Yeah. They don't realize, realize the value of essentially buying or not buying in, in, they don't see the value in, doing that cross promotion i think they're going to lose audience
0: Mm -hmm. you know so that's that's part of it that's out there
1: and um so i think people just have to realize that there's there's a lot of value in doing that
0: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah yeah it's just i mean what does that relationship look like i know um some podcasters have have uh, resorted to buying ads on other podcasts as, Mm -hmm. as an approach to get um, audience acquisition strategy. And and that's a viable option as well, but that oftentimes can take big budgets to get that done, especially if you want to advertise on larger shows. But um, you know, is is there an approach to cross promotions that you can do with another podcaster? I think it needs to be non-competitive type of relationship, but maybe but still rather complementary between the two podcasts,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, to get that kind of deal. I, I know we did that kind of relationship back in the early days with uh, the tech podcast network where yeah. I would, I would run ads. Actually, you can still hear them today in my, in my radio show that I did a long time ago. The, the ads that were voiced by, um, uh, by, um, um, Mr. McCaskey, mm-hmm so you can hear his his voice in there and I think even you to some degree sure. voice some of those cross promotional ads that I played for the tech podcast
1: yep. network and and we so. actually cross promoted with uh multiple shows we would you know someone we do we'd run people's cross promos all the time which is interesting yeah. you just got an ad deal for the tech podcast network too i'm working on that which is kind oh. of Oh
2: cool. and that that is a strategy it, you know, around the value that a network brings to a podcast too. So joining a network that does cross promotions with other podcasts is one of the significant value props for joining a network.
1: Mm-hmm. If the network is doing it right. Right. Yeah, yeah I agree. So I, I think people just have to look and see if, uh, you know, if, if they can find shows that they, sorry, I'm a little distracted. It should be completely okay. full attention here. Um, they just find shows that they like and love, and talk about them on their podcast, and then go ahead and and uh, you know say, "Hey, I promoted your show on my podcast. If you take a listen and like mine, I'd love a cross promote. If not, hey, just let you know I'm a fan." And oftentimes that can start a relationship that ultimately can be built into a network.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, that goes back to the very early days of the podcasting medium and and how, you know, the very early networks kind of grew their, their, their networks. Yeah. And I still think it's a, it's a viable strategy. There's no question about that. Todd, did you see this, uh, this news that came out about the, the audacity software? I, I didn't realize that that audio editor was made by a company out of Russia.
1: Well, they bought it. I oh, think did. well someone bought it and the company's now in Russia or something. So there's been a lot of discussion about it of what's going on and they there there's still a mixed bag of feelings on what they're really doing. But there is mm-hmm. some privacy concerns right now uh with that particular yeah, with that particular right. app and I I don't want to get too a lot too, of people use it in the podcast oh, yeah. space. I don't yeah. want to get too excited about what's going on in some people are overreacting a little bit. I think there was a thread. Let me go look. Um, let's see if I can find it.
0: So,
2: it looks like uh, Muse Group is a company that acquired the app. Mm-hmm. It's based in Cyprus. Yep. Um, yeah. So, it's an open source uh, platform, but.
1: Yeah, their their adoption of the app has been a a, a little rough. Yeah. And uh they've came out and you know, the their their adoption and some of the licensing stuff that they have implemented is uh, you know, brought up some, you know, heavy reaction, I guess is the best best word to say. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that uh if you're using Audacity right now to edit your podcast, you're probably still pretty safe um but again be aware that there's there's new privacy issues with that that they might be collecting some data like your IP address
2: yeah it says IP address but doesn't include any name address or email so i'm not sure what what valuable data that they're actually acquiring Other than just usage patterns. Well,
1: you combine that with other companies technology, IP address tells you who you are. That's
2: true. That's true. You know, so if you're, if you're matching that with external databases of of user information. Right. And
1: most of that information, believe it or not, is public. A lot of public database stuff is available that very easily identifies who you are in your household and your spending habits through just purely your IP address. So does this mean,
2: Todd, that we should be um, kind of recommending another audio editor software? I I haven't,
1: I haven't never, I've never been an Audacity fan. Yeah, I
2: haven't. Yeah, I mean, I haven't either. I've always thought that they're, they're their MP3 encoder was a little lame. Yeah.
1: And and they use the lame record. Well, at least they used to use the lame encoder, but that's an internal geek joke for those of you that don't get it. But, uh, the, okay. So we'll explain lame was an actual, it's a um, plugin plugin for a, to be able to, to encode MP3. But since MP3 became a, um, no longer, was there a copyright or I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh,
2: yeah. They, I think it's Fraunhofer. Yeah. The, so the license to the MP3 or the
1: trademark or something, right. whatever it was. And again, mm-hmm. it, that expired. And since that time, that, that issue has went away. So I think audacity has been able to support encoding MP3 natively for a long time. But the, I think that the going back to that, platform i i've always used adobe edition but again adobe edition requires you to pay monthly for it mm-hmm. um, unless you have an older version which is you, you know you paid for it and you're once and done but there's lots of hindenburg it's probably a better platform out there for editing and fact, hindenburg integrates with a lot of podcast hosts i don't know if they integrate right. with you folks they integrate with yeah. us and some others yeah. so that you can send your audio file straight to your media host. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, it's always been either Hindenburg or Adobe Edition. Hindenburg's been huge supporters of the podcast movement, other events. So, I, I from my perspective, uh, they, um, they're they the first choices I would go to. So, yeah, I guess that's my perspective.
0: Oh, you got, yeah, the, you the, got the choo-choo the,
1: train yeah. going by.
2: Yeah, I used the... Uh... <laughs> The Sony uh Soundforge audio suite.
1: Oh, wow, you're one of those.
2: Yeah.
1: Huh.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, it goes goes back. I, I actually in the early days I used uh a couple of different um software packages, one one to record and one to edit. Um one was called Gold Wave. And another one um was um I'm trying to remember what the name was. I it. It was a multi track recording software that was used by music studios. I'm trying to remember the name of it right now, but it's not important, but, um, but yeah, it's, it was very similar to the audacity software to, to support m- multiple input tracks, mm-hmm. like each microphone, you could have a separate input track. Um, so back in those days, that's pretty much the only way you could do it. Cause there weren't a lot of, these more simplistic um, audio audio recording platforms that exist now, right? Um, but I think I mean a lot of people are starting to record their podcasts in you know like Riverside and right, um, you know Squadcast and all those now. In but they're still using these audio editors to do post production work, right? But um, but yeah, I don't you know I think a lot of people have used used Audacity over the years. Um, and I think that they'll continue to do that. But I guess there is another audio editor that that James put in his newsletter called what's it? Ar- Ardour. It's A R D O U R. that's interesting. It, and it's uh, it looks like it's a free it's a free piece of software, and it looks like it's a multi-track editor. Hmm. So it it definitely lo- looks like it caters to more of a music producer type of a it looks very complicated.
1: Well, complicated is not necessarily good.
2: No, it's not. I would say, especially if you're a you're an, a a beginner podcaster.
1: Ed Sullivan says Reaper is a good choice for price conscious.
2: Right. And Soundforge is it is good too. It's only like forty nine fifty dollars, and it's it, a one time
1: fee. I run into people all the time that are still using GarageBand, and yeah. So if you're a Mac user, I guess that's always available. I think it's free, isn't it? In Mac. So I'm a Mac user, but I've never used GarageBand. So mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: at least I yeah. am now.
2: So also I, I was, I was happy to see that the podcast uh, apps are starting to display oh, um, yeah. links in their, their show notes now. Mm-hmm. So that was good to, it was good to see it come back to Apple.
1: And I think too is the, if if it appears to me, and maybe this isn't true, but it appears to me, maybe people are starting to listen and say, wow, why are we all doing things different? And why don't we align forces so that these feeds are kind of processed the same way and get some uniformity to this thing after all these years, because every app was doing it five ways to Sunday. So hopefully everyone else will follow suit and, you know, Apple's kind of fix their issue. And now hopefully everyone else will just do the correct formatting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It's good though, because people have uh, over the years, they've really relied on the show notes as a, as a base to link to resources that are discussed in various sections of your
0: podcast.
1: But I, I'm still, mm, okay, here, here's Todd's philosophy on that. Got to have show notes. Got I'm having your website. We've talked about it 5,000 times on this show but I really don't know if it matters that much in the apps. It may a little bit, but often when I'm listening to podcasts,
0: right. At least me,
1: I'm not looking at the screen. And if they say something I want to reference, then usually I go to their website, but that's me. Maybe some people will look in those show notes and see if they can find the reference, but Mm -hmm. I would question you know if there was a way to probably there's a way to do some you know some interesting manipulation you could probably put some sort of a tracker on links that go in apps versus what's on your website and see what gets more clicks if any
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
1: But uniformity's good. Mm-hmm. And uh it looks like Apple's getting their bugs worked out that they had and it's been a slow
2: process, I have to say.
1: Well, you know, it's, okay, What what what's the, here's the rule of thumb. Okay, boss, it's going to take me a week to get that done. Four weeks later, you know, coders are coders. Things are slower.
2: Yeah, it doesn't. You know, I got, I got these, something. These
1: things don't get
2: fixed overnight. Usually.
1: I got something dropped on my desk yesterday from my CIO. I said, where'd that come from? I've been waiting for that for you. Know, you where was, where was, when did that get finished? You know, I didn't right. see that in a, in a sprint demo. You know, and there's oh, we had to work out a few bugs and this and that. It's ready now, and I'm like, okay, fired up. So, right.
2: yeah. yeah. So, Todd, um, to kind of kind of move on to another topic here, did you read the article that Stephen Goldstein wrote here from the the Amplify um, w- website? You know, S- Stephen is a longtime kind of our radio guy that's mm-hmm. really kind of repositioned himself to be uh, kind of a podcasting expert and and speaks at a lot of the conferences and things like that but he put out an article said this is the title of the article if people can't find your podcast oh, they can't listen to it
1: that's fact
2: <laughs> so the first sentence in the article is podcast findability is a real problem. He says, unfortunately, many in the podcasting space conflate findability with discovery.
0: Oh. And,
2: and while they are close cousins, they are not the same thing.
1: That is an absolute fact. So does right. he go on to, uh, you know, as he drink the Kool-Aid here with us? <laughs> well, he does
2: break down. The discovery part, he said that discovery often has some serendipity to it, right? Maybe a friend tells you about a podcast or the podcast is highlighted in an article or featured in an app, okay? Findability is more fundamental, he says. Uh, if someone searches for a particular podcast, will they find it, right? Good mm-hmm, question. Yep. Uh, with millions of podcasts out there, many sharing common words in the title, or using arcane names that are difficult to spell or hard to recall, Yep. the problem of podcast findability is becoming more acute. Right. So the more shows that are out there, the more uh, search title confusion exists in the space w- 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 would be my comment on that. Um, and that could present a findability issue, right? Yes, yes as, it could. as shows have duplicate names and, <laughs> which we keep seeing people using the same names because they don't do their name research mm-hmm. to make sure that they're not copying another podcast that can also cause a problem for discovery as well, or
1: findability might be the better way of saying it. But
2: what's your thought on that, Todd?
1: Well, I'm just going to show you some examples mm-hmm. and we'll bring one up here on a screen. Let's see if I can get that right. So here we've searched for the new media show. Uh, found our website, found our podcast, found our Apple listing. Matter of fact, found both of our Apple listings. It found our Audible listing, found our Spotify listing, found our Pod Install listing, found our Google listing, and found our show talked about, uh, well, maybe not. Uh, let's talk about show and podcast from Social Media Examiner. Uh, I don't think that... Uh, we were on that list. So we dominate page one of the Google search results for this show. And let's look at my show, Geek News Central. Uh, Yep, yep, Twitter. Yep, Facebook. Yep, Blueberry. Yep, Apple. Yep, YouTube. Yep, PodNews.net. Yep, guess what? Owner. Got her done. So we don't have a findability problem with our show hmm Let's see. Let me try one more. And yeah, I think most shows do okay. Mm-hmm. Um well, even if you've done your name
2: name research and it, you're not copying a, another show that's more popular than yours. No.
1: And and <laughs> right. if I even use the incognito window, I still get the same thing because it definitely weighs heavier okay. when I do that search. But if I let me look at one that uh may be a little bit harder. So uh, Podcast Insider, the show that Blueberry does. We've got uh, the first listing is our show. Well, I'll just show it. Google. Then we got some top stories about Rogan and mission recruiting. And then uh, we've, we've got a few interlopers in there. But the, for the most sake, I've got enough on page one. And and so let's let I'm an incognito window here. Oh, are you able to see that? Yeah, you are. The feed. Let's look at the feed. Is that the official name of the Lives in podcast?
2: Yeah, the feed.
1: The yeah. feed. So well, you know, uh Rob. Uh sorry.
2: I know. I know there's an issue there.
1: Oh, well, I didn't purposely do that. I would have ass- So Rob <laughs> <It's not> my... <laughs> right. so uh you don't exist <laughs> you you ex- you do enough marketing to your podcasters that you, the show exists <laughs> but you don't exist according to google because if you're not on the first page you don't exist
2: right that's true so i agree with that
1: and believe it or not you know <laughs> my my show's kind of weird you know geek news central come on there's, there might be, there's probably some other folks out there that have geek news. And well,
2: I, do you have a, a, a list Todd, of the number one keyword that's used to, to find your, your geek news show?
1: It's mostly geek news central.
2: Is it? Mostly? Yeah. Okay.
1: Now I can be found on the search, re- uh, first page of search results for like geek under, news. Like, geek news. Yeah. I'm, can, I'm one. Geek news being important. Yeah. I'm for one, one for two, three, four. I'm, I'm fifth in the search results on geek news and basically that's you know they've got you know geek.com you would think and i tried to buy that domain i tried to buy geeknews.com as well but um they weren't available so you know those folks you know we do okay now let's if we search just new media we're we're probably we probably don't win that so go to new media here Well, that's
2: such a generic uh, word, right? It also isn't very specific.
1: No, it's not. So again, we do not show up on the first page of the uh, search results just if you search for new media. Now, that would be winner, winner, chicken dinner if we did, but um, we don't. But most people would, I would think, would look for the new media show, but maybe, you know. Well, a, who
2: does sh- show up in the number one spot for new media? Just curious. Um, whoops. Or even the number two and three spot. Uh, new it, media, the
1: number stuff. one is uh, Wikipedia. Matter of fact, the new media is number one. Wikipedia is number one, number two. And then South New Hampshire University. But what, what is new media is number three. And then new media Denver is number four. Forbes is number five. New Media Inc. is number six. And then it just, it's a bunch of education type articles. Oh, so,
2: there are articles that are pointed to not. Yeah. And specific there's websites. And there's
1: no, po- there's no, there's no podcast linked to that search result either. And if I go to page number two, did we make it into page number two? No. Oh yeah, we do end up we are search term nineteen. No no no. We're search term one, two, three, four, five. We're search term sixteen. We're on page two, but page two, you might as well be on the you know, buried on the, on side the back of the side of the funnies page or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're
2: right. <laughs> right. You might as well be buried on the far side of the movie. Right at that point.
1: Yeah. So right. so it's yeah. true. If if you're gonna if you're going to do a show, you better have a better have a name that people can so if find. So you
2: did a search under new media podcast.
1: Oh yeah, we'll, we we'll own that. We come up. I'll, I'll, there might be a couple of others.
2: Mm, I only uh, I only see. Um, well, in in Bing. Oh, which we is what we, I just searched. Yeah, we, we own come up number one. So
1: this is for those of you that are watching. This is what it looks like. They've got a podcast series. And we're number two in that series that Google shows. And then we're number one in the search result. And then we're, we've we got, well, we, uh, we've got it locked up the rest of the way. Um, well, the first five or six search results we own for new media podcasts.
2: Okay. I just, yeah, I just did a search for, for new media podcasts
1: in Google too. And we do come up. Yeah. Number
2: one, the only other one that comes up, it looks like before us is on the media.
1: But that's in a that's in a um, that 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 area at the top there, man. That that is yeah. that's the money shot right there. You get up in that section of Google search, and whoo, winner winner, chicken dinner. You you've done well for your right. search term, and then and then holding the number one search result below that, and then having all of you know, having the the actual first three podcast. episodes. So we actually right. do better than on the media for that search result. So, right. so let me do geek news podcast and see how that comes up.
0: How about, how about
2: pod podcasts about podcasting?
1: Oh, we probably, so I'm, I'm number two search. Yeah, I'm I'm number two search on that and then I would a number two spot. Which one do you want to do? Podcast on podcast?
2: Pod podcasts about podcasts.
1: Oh. I don't so, know, know if I've optimized for that search term.
2: I know. That might be a good one for us to
1: Yeah, to, we are definitely. see these are not. Podcasting about podcasts that Google gets it wrong, Cyril, This American Life, The Daily Arlay, that Planet Money. None of those are podcast about podcasts.
2: Well, the search uh, that I did podcasts with an S about podcasting. Oh, uh, it does come up with uh, actually oh, the first the- one at the top comes out uh, she podcast
1: then audacity podcast, the feed so you guys do do uh, podcasts or a podcast or roundtable new media show is sixth four right. five six seventh on that list
2: after pod news
1: yep. and then where do we show up? I don't in think the, we do in the following search results, but you know we do okay from a search standpoint. um I don't think people go any further than those right there at the top right we so do-
2: top ten it says top ten podcasts about podcasts and we
1: do end up as the number one listing in the podcast section down below at least I in my search I do that and I'm not in in, in an incognito window, so let me change to an incognito window, make sure that that didn't get skewed so.
2: The number one organic search result is a site called weeditpodcast.com. All right. And that is a, it says that the, the title of the article is Top 10 Podcasts About Podcasting. Mm. And it comes up no, number one podcast is Podcraft. The second one is Five Minute Mondays. Third one is Podcasting Step by Step, Podcast Engineering School. That's uh, Chris Kearns. Podcast number five is She Podcast. Six is Audacity Podcast. Seven is School of Podcasting. Eight is Podcasters Roundtable. Nine is The Feed. Ten is Better Podcasting. And a, we and didn't show up on that. And list. a couple
1: of those podcasts are no longer podcasting.
2: Right, so it's an old article.
1: Yeah. So we are number. When I do an incognito window search, we are number two um, underneath the search results, actually showing up as an active episode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: podcasting Q and a is, uh, is, yeah, is first. That's true. So, that's true. you know, so, uh, you know, again, I think going back to what he had to say and, and does he just, does he talk about specifically search or is that what he's referring to in this article?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, it's this discussion between, you know, findability and uh, discoverability, which the discoverability part of it tends to be a, a little bit about uh, listeners sharing to their friends or mm. or, or, or relatives, um, which is also if you look yeah. at the at the research and Edison's research, these are the top two way people find podcasts, right? Right. The search and just uh, human communications around sharing of. Podcasts that they find interesting to a friend or a relative or a colleague. Um, And these are the two primary ways. And if you're not positioning your podcast to go after these two areas, you're probably not going to grow your show.
1: (laughs) Uh, You know something? I, I, I think I just heard you reaffirm something I've been talking about for 16 years. I know, Todd. I've 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 never been <laughs> off the page on that, Todd. Actually, okay, good. You know, because what's funny is is I had to let's just put it this way. I was making a comment to someone the other day. I said, "No, you mm-hmm. got you know, I see who a podcast cre- page creation service you're using. They you have a nice page, and search for their because they were hosting with us, and I did a you know we went first thing I do is go to Google. And I looked him up and we couldn't find him. Mm-hmm. And the person was very confused about that. And I'm like, Correct. not only can I find your show, I can't find your latest episode. And I hear the silence on the other phone. It's well, I've got my own domain. I said, what you have is you have a page has been created by an rss feed where the master page is somewhere else. And then in that instance, the master page was actually a, a publisher page at blueberry. Right. And I said, you know, this is why we encourage you to have your own .com on your own website yeah. and, you know, so it was one of our customers and I basically said, "Hey, this is this is why there's a problem here." Right. And they're moving, so they're going to, you know, they're going to, and I said, you're also on an IP that has a lot of this syndicated content because you're on a syndicated site that's make-believe webpage, and right. so nothing. I mean, if
2: lo- I go back to the early days of my podcasting with my radio show, I I really put a lot of energy into my my website, a custom website built and all this stuff. That's how I started podcasting was I was in the middle of building a, a powerful content management system I, for my, my show back in those days. Cause search was huge for me in the yeah. early days of this, and of, I, of this medium.
1: And search is still big. And matter of fact, I've had a little drop uh, at Geek News Central, but GoDaddy, I mean, not GoDaddy, uh, Google did the, you know, did an update here recently. And I, a couple of things I have to tweak and, you know, so it, it's, it's this ebb and flow. I, nothing's perfect even on my own site by right. any means. So my goal is to win the episode search engine battle. I've already, I have no issue with having the show be found. But the, the battle for me is the, win, the ultimate win is the episode discovery. So in the last four or five posts, I have not won that battle. So I'm starting to look at, okay, what's going on? Was it just a real popular search phrase? Or did I purpose, did I get not get indexed by Google highly because I did something wrong? And so, you know, it's just a right. little thing, but guess what that does? That takes you digging down in a rabbit hole and maybe spending an hour or two using sites like page insights, using Google search. They've got uh Google, all kind of Google gives you all kinds of tools to tell you what's wrong with your website. Right. And maybe why you're being penalized or why something isn't coming up or, you know, yeah. so there was a whole bunch of little, you know, I'm just looking at every little thing. And I know part of it is right now, if you're not mobile ready, mobile first, matter of fact, mobile first, if your website's right. not mobile first, bye bye, Charlie Brown, you, you, you're you going to be in last place. Right. Yeah, and some of some of you are going to ask, well, how do you make sure my site's mobile ready? Well, there's a very cool little test you can do. Let me let me show you how to do that for those of you watching. You take your, you take your browser and you squeeze it all the way down, right, and then make you, it really thin, really oh. thin, and then you look at it and see how it loads, and if it's if it's uh, if it's a website that will will squeeze down. Or you go out to about the size of a tablet. And there's actually some plug-in tools you can use with this. You can actually see whether or not your your website's mobile ready or not.
0: Or even friendly. Right.
1: right. And and you know, there's all kinds of tools out there that you can use to, you know, that you can play around with from Google that also gives you that indication as well, will tell you whether or not you're you're good or not. But search is still huge. It's people don't know domain names. They know words. Right. I contend because my number one search result for my website is geek news central. Why are they putting geek news com? I don't know. No, They type geek news central hit return and hit click instead of typing in unless it's been saved in their browser.
2: So do you see a lot of traffic to internal pages on your website? Oh yeah. Or do you see
1: that's you know, that's where the top, that's where n- top level that's where n- eighty five to ninety percent of my traffic goes is internal to internal pages.
2: Yeah, not to the root. Right,
0: the right, 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 right.
1: And this is why every page, all oh, let me look what it what the number is today. I'm not shy to show. I'm shy to show my secret login uh, URL though. I don't need to see, have that given out. Let me go and get this loaded. So today, the, the number of posts, um, there is, and we've deleted some stuff, but there's, yeah, let me go ahead and flip it. There's 15,168 posts on the website. And so on each one of those 15,168, and we can go, we, let's go to the very first post on the website. And we're going to go to, this says full launch in a few days. We're going to view this page that was put up in 2002. Here's the post that was put up in 2002. This probably this page probably hasn't been seen by anyone in 10 years. <laughs> What's on the sidebar? What's up? Right. Can you see it? You can't see it, Rob, because no, you can only see me. It says subscribe to podcast. <laughs> You know, so that means that that sidebar data is on 15,168 pages. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah.
1: And what the one person will land on that page just, you know, in the next, you know, 10 years. Oh, that guy's got a podcast. And no one has landed on this page. This page is not, I haven't even looked at it in five years. <laughs> Lucky it came up.
2: So I haven't heard a lot uh, from Google Podcasts lately, have you? So it'd no. be great to get an update from them. Um, it'd be great to get that at Podcast Movement. I don't know if they're going to be there or not. So we shall see.
1: We did uh, get some "sorrys." We can't be on your show responses, didn't we?
2: Oh, from Google?
1: No, not from Google, from another company.
2: Oh, yeah, actually from from both of them actually now. So,
1: oh, that sucks. It's still and it's a lot of it's to do with travel restrictions still, right?
2: Yeah, and schedules and things like that.
1: Oh, so we're still how how short are we on guests then? Are we still down to Well, two? I
2: have two two guests booked for and, and what we're talking about is the live new media show at Podcast Movement coming up on August 6th from podcast movement. Um, I'm still going to try and get at least one more guest, Okay, but, but it should be, uh, still a full stage. It'd be you and I, and potentially three other people. So that'll still be five people on stage, which is, which is a full, full lineup. Yep. So,
1: and for just an hour or whatever we get.
2: Yep. Yep. So, so, you know, I think it'll still be
1: good. All right. Well, awesome. I think that, um, Yes. It's too bad. The other, I guess we won't say who they are, but, um, yeah, it's too bad. They couldn't have come on, but we may have some content from one of them, right? Maybe
2: I have my fingers crossed.
1: Okay. And we might get a video clip. So maybe,
2: maybe, yeah, maybe. I haven't heard a,
1: heard a confirmation on that yet. So, all right. Well, that's cool. Um, so anyway, you know, I, you know, be honest with you, I think because the fourth happened there, probably the news was a little slow here yeah. in the United States um, yeah. from, from that standpoint. But yep. uh, let me look here. I was going to dig through a little bit and see what, what was, what's been in the latest uh, gossips, the, the gossip, the gossip magazine. Yeah. And the, um, oh, did, oh, I go ahead. Yeah,
2: yeah, did you hear that the headliner platform you know the the platform that uh, lots of podcasters use yep. to publish audiograms yep. out to the social platforms they they're in the middle of deploying a new tool to record clubhouse and Twitter spaces and uh, and create short promo videos for social media from those platforms well, I know so.
1: both of us are integrated with headliner within our own platforms. So, but this would be for someone that is probably using the 9.99 a month plan at Headliner. Probably be able to get access to these new tools then.
2: Yeah, so you'd be able to record your Clubhouse or Twitter Spaces sessions into Headliner somehow. I don't, I, I'm not exactly sure how they're they're doing it. I signed up to be a beta user of it, but I haven't actually seen it yet. But I do have a call with the the founder of of the headliner
1: platform coming
2: up next week. So I'm sure I'll hear more about it.
1: So here's something that was interesting in the, uh, sounds profitable, uh, newsletter. And I found this is, uh, was an interesting first paragraph to, um, basically this was entitled added time. Isn't added value. He starts off and saying there's a misconception in podcast advertising, paying for a shorter ad spot and getting a longer read is added value. Not only is that predatory behavior that publishers should be pushing back against, but longer doesn't always mean better. Danny Seller's podcast partnership manager, Ed Gumball, well, it uh, means better. Now, it, this isn't what Danny Seller, I don't think Danny Seller said this. I didn't read all through it. But that's an interesting, an interesting comment because here's what I find. They may buy a 30. They may buy a sixty, but podcasters are often the ones that give them a ninety or a two minute right it it's not if, if if you're giving if if you are expecting a sixty let's say you are you buy a thirty and you you provide thirty seconds worth of copy to read, then that's one thing, but if you give 30 and give talking points and require the podcaster to keep it to 30, you're probably going to get a 60. So I, if you
2: buy a 30, but give them copy that will require them to go
1: 60. That's, that's a different story. Yeah, that's predatory. Right. But if you get, if right. you buy a 30 and give me copy, that's 30. I'm cool with that. And if the podcaster goes 45 or 60, I'm fine with that as well. Mm-hmm. It, that's podcaster's choice.
0: Right,
1: I think some of these networks have got the point now where they 100% control ad length and creative oversight on the content of podcasts. In other words, there's a, there's, if, if you are a NPR or if you're a Wondery podcast or if you're on whatever other platform where they own that show, they probably want to strictly enforce the 30, 60 because maybe they're running four spots. So I, I see no issue with them telling the media buyer, no, you, you get a 30, you're getting a 30. Now, longer doesn't always mean better, but in my opinion, it usually does if it was done correctly. Not just to talk to talk, but if you believe in a product, if I believe in this Lipton iced tea that I'm drinking, and I get an ad from Lipton, and I wanted to tote the value of Lipton iced tea and how my jug set out in the sun for two days and cooked this to a dark, dark brown, beautiful tea color, that that's my prerogative to do as a podcaster to sell Lipton tea. But so I think there's a there's a double edge there. Um. In that actual statement. Now, there's a lot more into this content that they, they go into and talk about that. But I think advertisers have been, you know, I often will get copy that is definitely, they buy a 60 and it's 70. I'm like, well, we're over. We need to cut the copy down a little bit. That mm-hmm. might give them two or three seconds. But if you can't deliver the ad, if an average person can't deliver the ad in 60 seconds, then you know, maybe they need to go and rework the copy a little bit. But if my podcaster decides to talk a little more, I've never found that to be a bad thing. It's, it, as long as they're not just talking to talk. I think there's there's probably plus and minuses about that. Some, you know, here's the funny thing. Sometimes I do my GoDaddy head. <laughs> And I, you know, I have a neuron fire in my brain and I get off track a little bit. I talk about something for about a minute and then I bring it back to the conversation. And then I, you know, I wrap up the GoDaddy ad where, where the first, you know, 45 seconds was about GoDaddy. A minute was about something ancillary. And then, you know, 15 seconds, I, I, you know, I thank them for being a sponsor where to go get the promo code, you know, but that was me, you know. And it, it's not something that was repetitive. It was just something that kind of fit at the time because my brain fired us for that spot for that, you know, you know, your mind works in mysterious ways when you're a podcaster. Right. But I just thought that, that when I read that, I kind of went, oh. And I think publishers that are on fixed time should push back. If, you, you know, if I'm, if I'm the one doing the deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming to Rob, I say, here's copy. And you go, I can't read that in 60 seconds. That's 80 seconds. I, you know, you have every right to say, Todd, whoa, 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 whoa. This is, this is okay. They got to pay for a 90. They don't have to, they can't pay for a 60.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know how much you get involved with any of the media buy stuff. Does that run across your desk at all?
2: Uh, not too much directly. I think it's going to be more. I'm going to be more involved with it. I, I think in the coming year. Um, Sorry, so, but it's <laughs> it's it's just not been something that I've I've needed to work on too much. See see so,
1: see, see, see no hair up here. I know. I know. <laughs> Believe
2: me, I got pulled into it a lot when I was working at Podcast One. That's yeah. For sure. So that's where I got most of my experience. Plus plus with my own show that I did for 6 years. Oh, I bet you so that
1: like, was animated with Norm.
2: Yes, that was
1: that was an eye-opening <laughs> experience on that side. So, yeah. <laughs> so was Norm involved in uh, ad copy or ad stuff at all or promising the moon and delivering a Volkswagen or what, you know, what was the
2: I think he gave a lot of feedback to the 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 hosts about their reads. Yeah.
1: Oh, he gave a lot of feedback to them. Oh, put him on blast, huh?
2: <laughs> well, I don't know if that's a good way of describing it. It's more like just he's he was concerned about, you know, um advertiser return. Right effectiveness. Yep. Right. Because that that is a key driver of uh mm.
1: continued campaigns from advertisers. There's so probably if, a few people that don't like me because <laughs> um probably more than a few. Be- what was that part of lunch? Um, when, uh, when you have to be mean,
0: it's never pleasant.
2: Right. That's true. Yeah. It's never, it can be a, it can be a tough topic because it can be a very a personal thing. Cause I mean, a lot of the host reads are personal endorsements, right? Yeah. So, you know, giving somebody critical feedback on something that they do that's personally endorsed is kind of like, you know, some podcasters don't like to be critiqued about their podcasts. Mm-hmm. And th- that really kind of ventures into that same territory uh, of of giving, you know, critical feedback can be a touchy thing with podcasters. So... You know, and it makes sense. People's egos are very much linked up with things. People's perception of their their worth and their value um, can be very much linked up with their their content that they produce in their podcasts. And so, those can be difficult conversations at at, at times. Todd, did you also see this um, this little note about Art 19 um, now allowing advertisers to target? Uh, based on device types and listening platforms. So... Is that um, really...
1: So what? <laughs>
2: I know. I'm not sure what the value of that is either. Um, you know, an example... First,
1: first of all, yeah. of course, we could... I've never, ever, ever had a request to target an iPhone.
2: Well... Todd, I think it's it's not so much about, well, I think if you look at demographics, right, of users of different devices.
1: Be careful. Right,
2: and different listening platforms. Right. Right. There could be some correlation between.
1: Uh, uh, be uh, careful.
2: I know. Because, I
1: know. All, right, here, all right, here's where I'm going to say that's BS. Because I look at my office makeup. We we have a number of employees that have mobile devices that the company pays for. Mm-hmm. Um, we are getting ready to switch carriers because we're going to save a bunch of money by switching to a different carrier. I've got my fingers crossed it goes smooth and my phone doesn't get shut off for three days. But anyway, um, it's an even split between iPhones and Android devices. and Yeah. They're all very active podcast listeners, um, not just right. because they work at the company, but I, when when someone says we're going to target a device because it's a different demographic of people listening, I that 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 I, <coughs> I start coughing bad things out of my mouth. Well, Todd, you look at.
2: Uh, I think we've been saying on this show for a long time that certain types of content do. Do better in Spotify.
1: Well, we know than that. they do in Apple. Right? We know, we know. It's a younger right. age. That's that's a demo right. thing.
0: Yeah, no, that, but, but it I doesn't. That's, but I don't that's think really all you can do. But here.
1: that doesn't split along geo. Dem, uh, that doesn't split on demographic lines. As well, far, okay, so the, it it's, it's age. Okay, so but it doesn't to be okay, demographic. Okay, so let mm, all right doesn't split upon device lines. Mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to listen on Spotify, you probably equally listen on Android as you listen on an iPhone. As a matter of fact, our numbers between uh, Android and, and, and Apple for Spotify are dead even almost. Are they really? Yeah. From a, from a percentage standpoint. A and, total,
2: total downloads. Is that what you're saying? Yeah.
1: So if I'm looking at the split between, you know, oh, they're drilling behind me, I thought my phone was buzzing. The weed shop is just about ready to open. So next week I may end up having a contact high from (laughs) contact high. Right. I'm actually waiting to so anyway, so the the split is pretty much, you know, Android iPhone between on Spotify. The there's not much delta between that from a (laughs) from a percentage standpoint.
0: Right.
2: I mean, in a lot of ways, this this targeting is more about exclusion than inclusion, right? So if your advertiser wants to target people that are listening on a on a particular listening platform, they can target their ad just to go to listeners on example, Spotify.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Or they can target, they can exclude Spotify. Right. So and and I guess it also uses HTTPS, which I'm um, not sure how that's significant We've here, been but, serving
1: media securely but, on ad deals on HTTPS from the beginning.
2: Right, right. So it's that's not a, a significant issue, but but yeah, I think in some ways it's it's kind of indicative of the desire to take advertising and uh, parse it out based on listening platforms. Right. I think also here. and i I don't know that that's necess- I don't know that that's good or bad or if that violates privacy issues i'm it's hard to really say it depends on where the the targeting data comes from when it comes to doing this, right? Yeah. is it coming from just general surveys about various platforms like like Edison research or is it coming from
1: actual IP? Well, I've never yeah. had a media buyer ask to do a specific target to a specific platform or device, but it's an interesting concept. I do want to, yeah. ha- I have to mention something, Rob, it's completely off topic and what made me, I've been kind of holding this thing in my hand here. And, and okay. H- Eileen said, don't inhale Todd. And we're talking about <laughs> personal endorsement, right? So, I, okay, hold on. Just be careful. In 1861, there was a product that came out that, you know, was, you know, this great uh, liniment salve. Now, recently I've had some some personal issues with, uh, <laughs> let's put it this way, I'm itching. And I can't figure out where it's coming from. <laughs> and uh, my doc is confused and probably I'll be going through a bunch of tests here soon. But I found relief <laughs> in a product that was made in 1861 called Porter's Liniment Salve. You can get this on Amazon. That? Now, talk about contact high. This stuff stinks. <laughs> and let me just read you th- the contents of this, and, and believe me, um, it, there's there's no <laughs> there's no way you want to wear this uh, near or around a partner or anything, because <laughs> um, <laughs> it really stinks. It's got in it. It's a soothing first aid salve containing chlorobutanol, can't even pronounce it, chryslic acid, zinc oxide, oil, oil cloves, camphor, ammonia, oil cage put, whatever that is, oil sassafras, mirror, and a base of petroleum lanolin, and beeswax. This stuff stops any itch, but it stinks like, you, you know, you walk through a store, people are like, does someone spill diesel fuel? <laughs> Speaking of the cure is
2: worse than the uh, the ailment. But
1: right? no, this, this is, this is fantastic. And it's actually kind of smells like pine, but who wants to smell like a Christmas tree, right?
2: <laughs> well, people regularly hang, uh, you know, air fresheners in their car that smell like Christmas trees. Right? But
1: you have my personal endorsement. This is uh, 12 bucks on Amazon if you have a mosquito bite or a an injury i'm going to tell you there's nothing my mom turned me on to this oh you got to put a little porter salve on there i'm like what's porter
2: salve i've never heard You're of it
1: never that. heard you know well i had seen it when we were kids around the house you know it was one of those things that you give you know it's like that camphor phonique if you have a little cold they put that on your neck or whatever this <laughs> is one of those old school formulas been around since 1861 out of Covington, Ohio. Go get a wow. jar of it. I just, in, in, in you know, knowing you're not getting paid, believe me for this, because <laughs> uh, you're going to, I'm just warning you, do not wear this in public. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Todd, that was a very good uh, kind of um, host read. I but, have to but
1: say. Yeah, it would have been. It's you know it would have been I probably sold 100 a hundred cans I probably sold a hundred cans for them, you know? know exactly but yeah. you know Eileen well, you gave me the end for that yeah you know, Eileen got gave me the end talking about the contact high you know don't inhale sure. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah yeah so I'm sorry got off track here but yeah. if anyone has any well. suggestions for uncontrollable itching l- let me know. <laughs>
2: Thank you for the commercial message Tom. yes and, um, and the
1: medical request.
2: yeah, do you see that uh, speaking of uh, cutting edge technology um and I'm always worried about this because there's a lot of big technology trends that are heading towards us all in our world and our society, you know AI and machine learning and and automation and lots of things that are kind of brewing in the background, you know um aug- augmented reality, all these you know, crypto, Bitcoin, you know, um, autonomy, all these kinds of things. And I, I'm always kind of wondering in the back of my mind, how all these technologies are going to impact podcasting. And I, I did see that zoom has purchased an AI company. Um, they're looking to build real time translation. So I know that there's been plenty of, uh, uh, companies out there building, transcription and translation engines and things like that for audio. Um, but it looks like zoom has got gotten into this and it just may be a, an early sign or a sign. And I know AI has been around translation engines for a long time. So in some ways this isn't really anything too new, but it may be like an early example of what we might be seeing out of like people like Google and Facebook and, and, um, And uh, Apple and some of these podcasting platforms about real time translation.
1: Well, if if you go ahead, if you look, yeah, if you look at Zoom, most people think Zoom is just a meeting platform, but Zoom has a whole bunch of other commercial services as well. They have webinar software, Mm -hmm. they have the ability to actually run your phone system through them. Blueberries, when you call our 800 number, you go into a Zoom switchboard. Mm -hmm. And it rings my phone, or I pick up on the Zoom app and take, and if it doesn't, if I don't answer, it goes into Zoom voicemail, and I can take that Zoom voicemail and assign it to another team member. So they're getting smart, and I'm sure what they're thinking about is all right we we're doing all these voice products and video well we need we need maybe number one, maybe we need to be to have a uh, closed caption maybe number one because yep. there's a live component to zoom and number two, maybe we have uh you know we can facilitate uh you know being in a meeting or being in a conference where someone's speaking German and I'm hearing it in English and I'm speaking in english and the person on the other end hearing it in German. So, right. w- w- hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I
2: mean, it is going to be used for r- real-time captions, which I- exactly is is where the value is. And, mm-hmm. and captions can be translated from one language to another, potentially. So you could take uh, like a German speaker that's speaking into a Zoom call and have this AI technology translate it real-time into English, right? So you, I mean, I faced this a little bit today with the with the conference that I did. This Podlines uh, PodCon um, out of Dubai is where where it was based out of. Where some of the speakers that I moderated at this event uh, didn't speak English, right? They um, one of my speakers spoke uh, Sudanese, and so my my conversation with him as a as a moderator was. Less than ideal because I don't understand Sudanese. Um, but I had to infer what he was talking about based on his body language and things like that to some degree to have
1: a conversation with him. Well, you uh, didn't have Google Translate running in the background exactly. listening to
2: him. So, right. So you think about this technology coming to podcasting, how, you know, podcast creators outside of the U.S. that are Sudanese or, are, are, you know, from Sudan or from all sorts of countries around the world that are native speakers to be able to real time um, listeners around the world to real time, listen in their own native language. Um, Like an English podcast could be real time translated into German or French.
1: You know what's happening during that conference that you were moderating? The guy was telling you, this guy is an idiot. He can't understand what I'm saying. (laughs) So I'm going to talk bad about him. (laughs) Right.
2: I did hear him say, um, um, Things like Rob, you know, (laughs) this Rob, that, (laughs) but I didn't know what he was actually saying. So it was, you know, who knows? You're right. You know, but saying this guy's a jerk. Uh, (laughs) He doesn't know what he's talking about. I have,
1: I have tried before (laughs) to actually hold my phone with my, take my iPhone and put it in translate mode. There's a conversation You'd set the country. It's best to download the the language. So that's on your phone. It works better if you have a bad connection and actually watch the translation in real time. That was coming across the speaker in a variety of languages. So maybe next time, Rob, you got to have your phone. Of course you you do have an iPhone now, so you you can actually see, of course it works in Android too. It's Google. So you could have done that. You're right. You you could have. Just you didn't didn't think about
2: it prior to the event that one of my four speakers (laughs) that I was moderating was not going to be speaking English Uh because all 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 the other ones spoke English. Did they help? Did
1: did they help you a little bit? (laughs) Did the other ones? Oh, I'd love was to see like, Yay. I'd love you to see know, I'd man. love to see the regular the real translation right. on that. Hey, we've right. got a so, lot of people online today. Make sure you say hello if you haven't. Don't be shy. Make sure you check right. in and say hi.
2: Right.
1: And, and so, YouTube too. That's
2: a good idea, Todd. I'm gonna run <laughs> that real-time <laughs> translation software on my iPhone and, and all those things that he's saying about me, I can call him out for. Yeah, you can go back and listen <laughs> to it and see what he
1: actually said. I would you know what? I would have been scrambling because I've traveled a lot internationally and yeah. you can, you can infer three, four, 5%, you know, you know, and, you, and, you, and actually the more you drink, you can actually probably infer more. I find that when I'm right. listening to Japanese and other languages, I've had exposure to the more I drink, the more I understand. Um, so you know, the next thing, five shots of tequila before you do the conference. That way, you you know, you'll understand a little more. You might be able to not be able to talk, but um right, you know, So yeah, yeah. I, wow, talk about awkward.
2: <laughs> so the 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 AI part of this with Zoom, which I think was an interesting component of this, is is that why is AI needed for this? I mean, straight translation doesn't require AI, does it? But I think there's context, there's uh accents. Yep. There's different uh there's so many different um varieties of language. Like I, I, I think there's like what, four or five different versions or types of Spanish that exist in Spain. So you have different different dialects uh right too that also play into this too. So you really have to have a smart computer that can distinguish these things. Well, one thing that
1: Apple doesn't do well, that Google kicks their butt, is S-I-R-I is really horrible from a voice recognition standpoint. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I yell at my phone (laughs) because this inanimate object, because it can't understand me. I'm in my car. Hey, you know who? Call you know who? And it says, call John? No. I didn't say John or, you know, and it, and, and it's, Hey, you know who call and, and you're like, why can't this stupid thing understand a simple, it's, it's call mom, N- not, not call Joe, not call John, you know, not right. call uh, Susie call mom. And this stupid thing can't recognize mom. And, you know, it, it's, and yet I can do that on Google. And it gets it right every single time. Right. So yeah, I,
2: that's th- that's artificial intelligence. That's going to be the the dividing line when you look to the future. well th-
1: this this is not artificial intelligence. This is bad, <laughs> bad voice is, recognition this is, programming.
2: This is real-time dumb.
1: It's exactly. It's this is this is not AI. This is this is this is. And just so we get it clear, AI is all that is at, at this point is really good programming.
2: Yeah, it's well, it's hopefully building a computer that can learn.
1: Oh, the yeah. Then then strap in because when they when they do learn and become self aware, they're going to kill us all off. And we'll be done. It'll be like Terminator Day.
2: We're we're <laughs> we're. We're replaceable, Todd, that's at that point. <laughs>
1: Don't think we are. I aren't. mean,
2: who's going to do this podcast? Is there going to be like a computer that's going to do a pod, like a new media show? They're going to decide that they're going to do a show like this and they can actually do it
1: better than a human? Well, let me bring you something up I'm going to talk about on my show tomorrow. There is this uh, conspiracy theory out this but there's a conspiracy theory that scientists now claim they can transfer the consciousness of a human into a basically digital storage cost about a petabyte of storage then they ask the client what age they want the company and basically they basically want to transfer your your brain download you kind of like uh you know how they've done in some sci-fi stuff that's the mm-hmm. conspiracy theory that that is out there but you know we both know that's bunk that's not possible at this point Um, but when will it be possible where you know I've always said I need a clone I need like five of me one that can go on vacation one that can two of me that can stay here and work (laughs) you know and if that's an AI man we can enjoy life but you know that's a long ways away
0: yeah yeah no
1: Uh, Who
2: knows? Maybe it's not. I know that uh, Mr. Elon Musk is working on what's called Neuralink, which is a thing. He's got monkeys um, playing Pong with their brains. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the monkey actually just looks at the screen and hits the the ping pong back and forth on the screen just by thinking about it
1: all we are is electrical impulses they just got to figure out a way to stimulate it and suck it out and stimulate it and put it in you know so right and we're really getting off track here now but you you know going back to the ai thing um it's exciting times
2: I think that there, there is application for podcasting and all this. I, you know, podcasting, if you look at the history of it, is always r- written on top of major innovations in technology. So, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of our job to kind of keep an eye on that. What is that next thing that's coming? Right. That's going to change the podcasting medium. Is it AI?
1: Potentially.
2: So yeah. So, anything else going on with you, Todd?
1: Just busy that month. Uh, I walked into 600 emails in my inbox yesterday after
2: after the holidays. Oh right? my
1: God! Everyone was mad. Well, they weren't mad, but people were like, "How come you're not responding? It's a business day." And I'm like, "Well, not here." And yeah, yeah. So yesterday was my hair was on absolute on fire. Yeah, I would say
2: that you know. Even today, I would say there's a lot of people still on vacation.
1: Oh, well, it's why yeah. not? You get a freebie day. So I'm sure a lot of people are out this week, and a lot of people were out last week because some companies gave their employees Friday off as well. Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah, that's true. Podcast movement's coming fast,
1: man. It's coming so. very fast. Matter of fact, I was reviewing. Bag inserts as reviewing uh, what we're having for our ad insert, all, you know, all the stuff, you know, all the swag and all the things that we're, we're doing. So it's very, and it just, then it's going to be boom, 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 all the way through mid October.
0: Right.
2: So, so yeah, yeah, that's right. We're both going to NAB Mm -hmm. in Vegas. Yep. So that's, that's coming up. So yeah. are you guys involved in the She Podcast thing at
1: all? Yeah, we're sending a couple people out. I'm right. not. I'm not okay. going to be attending. Or, yeah, I'm not going. So either. two of our team members are going out. As a matter of fact, uh, one of them leaves straight from Vegas and goes to She Podcast, and then I have another team member come out from Columbus, and but I go from ADT to. Dragon Con. So those are going to be back to back. So I'll be in at Dragon Con as well.
2: Yeah. I haven't heard from the folks at Dragon Con. Are they all booked up and ready to I go or. I
1: think so. So. Okay. So we'll I'll be have to, going out to that and. Have to reach out to them and see if there's it's, any opportunities. It's, it's a. Uh, and I got to figure out what I'm going to wear. So I've been looking on Amazon. to Find some. <laughs> they don't want to be complete nerd i think for the first time ever i think i'll be wearing t-shirts wow robert says nfts are the next big deal i think nfts are the next big deal for celebrities and people that have high value stuff i think nfts are um, Mm non-fungible tokens i don't i i think uh, joe rogan might be able to cash in on that but i think you have to have a big name and have something yeah it's
2: it's a form of a kind of a premium offering is what it is.
1: So I think we'll see, man might be wrong. I would, if someone wants to own this episode and we want to make this episode a non-fungible NFT, Hey, hit me up. We'll 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 figure out how to do it.
2: It can also be linked up with, um, you know, a a value exchange with the listener too. Right. Right. You could conceivably set up a, uh, almost like a frequent flyer or frequent listener program. That has a reward system built into it um, that uh, gives you know like a T-shirt if you listen to a hundred episodes or you. can that's not an a NFT, though, things. Rob. Well, there can be things that are use utilized in a blockchain type of relationship with the NFT platform that can can build deeper um, connections to to particular users of the
1: of 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 the
2: NFT. Right. So,
1: right. Well, we are here near the end. We've made it the 90 minutes or so. And uh if you, you, a bunch of you've been on Facebook haven't said hello. So I definitely want to thank uh, those of you who have Mike, uh, Robert, of course Eileen, thanks for checking in. Uh Kirk, Matt for for doing the love and heart on the on the program today and those of you on YouTube, thanks for being there If you're watching on Twitter or Twitch, sorry we're not monitoring that but just give us a heart on the on our post um, over there uh, you, we want you to follow or subscribe to the show go over to newmediashow.com get uh, get over there and hammer that follow button on whatever device that you're uh, listening on and right. of course uh, you can reach me at at geeknews on Twitter geeknews at gmail.com Rob.
2: Yeah, you can also reach me on Twitter as well, uh, at Rob Greenley, and on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all those platforms too. So if you want to reach out to me on any of those platforms, you can do that as well. On Clubhouse as well, I'm doing a session coming up uh, at uh, 2 p.m. on Thursday, tomorrow, um, about uh, podcasting over there too. So I'm just trying to stay active over on Clubhouse and doing stuff over there. And, um, you can send me an
1: email if you want, Rob G at Lipson.com. All right. We'll kick you out of here with a little parting music, but thank you for being here. We'll be back here Wednesday live at 3 PM. Eastern. We go for 90 yep. minutes. And of course, if you're subscribed and listening to the show later, we definitely want to hear from you again, drop us an email. And uh, thanks for your ongoing support of the podcast. We definitely appreciate it. Everyone take yeah, care. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Todd and Rob in the afternoon in the afternoon with Todd and Rob, baby.